0: A Look at the Brewing, Distilling, and Winemaking History of the Outer Banks by Molly Harrison. In a state with more than 300 breweries, 84 distilleries, and nearly 200 wineries, it's no surprise that the Outer Banks is making its own mark on North Carolina's beverage crafting scene. The Outer Banks is certainly no Asheville or Durham, two well-known North Carolina brewing and distilling meccas, but it does have two distilleries, seven breweries, and even a coastal winery where you can meet the makers, taste the products, and appreciate the fine art of making something delicious to drink. Before the modern era of legally brewing beer, distilling spirits, making wine, and serving up these tasty beverages everywhere from restaurants and bars to tiki huts and tasting rooms, Dare County was known for making a spirit of a different kind. Buffalo City Moonshine. It seems the stuff of legend, but the stories are true. During and after Prohibition, corn and rye whiskey made clandestinely in a small village on the Dare County mainland was a hot item in speakeasies from Washington, D.C. to New York City and beyond. The town of Buffalo City, founded in 1888 by the Eastern Carolina Land and Lumber Company, owned by New York-based Buffalo City Mills, housed timber workers on the densely forested Dare County mainland near East Lake. Though the company operating the lumber mills changed hands several times over the years, the timber workers thrived in the community along Milltail Creek for several decades. At its peak, Buffalo City was home to around 1,000 residents and had stores, a hotel, a school, and even train tracks to run the lumber out of the forest. Life in Buffalo City has been compared to frontier life of the West, with no electricity, telephones, plumbing, or conveniences. Families lived simple lives and had gardens and raised animals. When the last of the lumber companies closed and left town, there was nothing left for the townspeople to do to make a living, so they turned to making moonshine. Using the clear, fresh waters of Milltail Creek in their distilling process, the bootleggers of Buffalo City carefully made high-quality corn and rye whiskey that was reputed to be pure, smooth, and easy to drink. It was so good that a very large market developed all along the eastern seaboard for what was known as East Lake whiskey. Prohibition was in effect, but no matter. Buffalo City's location along a creek in the thick backwoods of Dare County was ideal for large-scale bootlegging. The townspeople had coordinated efforts to look out for the revenuers, the alcohol police, and it was easy to ship out the supply on small boats from Miltail Creek to Albemarle Sound and on to Elizabeth City, Norfolk, and beyond. The bootleggers had an ingenious way of sneaking whiskey out of Miltail Creek. They would seal their jugs with wax and tie them all on a trot line behind a boat. If the law came along, they would cut the line, letting the jugs sink to the bottom of the creek and return for them later. These good times did not last. The bootleggers were repeatedly caught, and many were sent to federal prison. A few continued to make moonshine, but law enforcement got smarter, using airplanes to spy on the residents of Buffalo City. By the last raid in 1941, it was still illegal to make whiskey, though prohibition was over by then, the moonshine business went the way of the timber industry. World War II was coming, and the last of the residents moved away. Buffalo City's wooden buildings have been completely swallowed up by the wild lands of Alligator River National Wildlife Refuge, but the train tracks are still visible in the undergrowth. And for all we know, there could still be a jug of Eastlake whiskey resting on the bottom of Miltel Creek. Mantio, home of the first microbrewery in North Carolina. Forty-some years later, Bavarian-born Uli Benowitz decided to open a German microbrewery in Manteo. In 1985, he purchased beer-making equipment from a German microbrewer and brought it to Manio, only to discover that it was illegal to open a brewpub to make and sell beer on the premises in North Carolina. So Benowitz got the law changed. He drafted Senate Bill 1985-596, a law to legalize brewpubs in the state. The law passed, and in 1986, he opened the Weeping Radish Brewery, the first microbrewery and brewpub in the state. Locally made beer served alongside traditional Bavarian food was a huge hit in Manio. but more importantly, Benowitz had revolutionized brewing in North Carolina and paved the way for all the state's brew pubs to follow. The Weeping Radish later moved to a bigger brewing location in Jarvisburg in Currituck County, where Benowitz continued to brew his popular beers and run a farm to table restaurant and authentic German butchery. The Weeping Radish has new owners who brew four legendary Weeping Radish beers in Raleigh and distribute them widely. They are bringing a Weeping Radish taproom back to Manio as part of the fire tender restaurant in Manio in 2024. The brewing continues. The next Outer Banks Brewery came along in 2000 when two couples, Eric Reese and Tina McKenzie and Aubrey and Karen Davis, opened Outer Banks Brewing Station in Kill Devil Hills. They added a wind turbine to partially power their pub, bringing attention to themselves as the nation's first wind-powered brew pub. Over the years, they proved that a brewery could make innovative, quality beer and serve chef-driven restaurant meals, not just pub fare, and went on to establish the Outer Banks' most consistent community gathering spot, including a huge family-friendly backyard and a thriving live music scene. Twenty-three years after it was established, new owners Keith and Heather Acree and Steve and Deanna Cordia purchased Outer Banks Brewing Station, and they are continuing the traditions with longtime brewer Dave Virgil still at the helm. It's a privilege to be a local brewery on the Outer Banks, Cordia says. It provides a very popular and unique experience that tourists and locals are looking for, and our community is stronger for it. We are very proud of our signature products and our master brewer, David Virgil, for his consistent and ever-changing craft beers that have continued to be a draw in Kill Devil Hills. Home brewer Paul Sharon brought another brewery to town in 2016. What started as Full Moon Brewery, a two-barrel nano-brewery, and a 300-square-foot pub in Manio is now Lost Colony Brewery, a 10,000-square-foot, 30-barrel facility in Stumpy Point. Lost Colony's award-winning British-style ales are available on tap at more than 30 locations in the area and at Lost Colony Brewery Waterfront Beer Garden in Nags Head. The beer garden serves beer only, but food is readily available in neighboring establishments. Ocracoke's first and only brewery, 1718 Brewing, officially opened its doors in 2017, though the brewing had begun earlier. Owner Garrett Kalna and his wife Jackie started and have since sold Ocracoke coffee, so they knew they enjoyed the service industry. But Kalna says he had always had the dream of getting into the brewing business. It's so much fun. It's a very creative industry, and we're always innovating and tweaking. It's never routine, he says. Of course, there are logistics issues on Ochre Coke that are challenging at times, but that's what makes it worth it. Being able to create your own product and see people enjoy it is so rewarding. To see people genuinely enjoy something you made that really puts a smile on their faces, puts a smile on our faces, too. Northern Outer Banks Brewing Company was the first brewery to take a chance on Kerala. Head brewer Michael Cherry and his wife Kathleen McCubbin started producing beer for distribution in late summer of 2017 and had opened up for on-site sales by December 2017. With demand for distributed beer exceeding their brewing capacity, they decided to stick to serving their beer in-house only. Visitors can enjoy their beers inside the intimate 1,000-square-foot brewing facility at a movable bar among the brewing equipment, or outside on the patio, where food is available from the restaurant next door. Swellsa Brewing, named for Surfers' Anticipation of Impending Wave Days, came along in 2021. Owners Alex and Laura Wolcott, Brad Fitzgerald, and Sam Harris operate a 10-barrel system to create an ever-rotating selection of all NC grain-based craft beers in inventive flavors with witty names. Their unique building, a mix of modern and traditional Nags Head style, offers indoor seating, a rooftop deck, and a spacious backyard, and it frequently hosts live music and events. The owners say their intention was for Swelsa to feel like the living room of the Outer Banks, and this tap room and tasting room does have that vibe. Whalehead Brewery in Monterey Plaza in Kerala is the newest local brewery established in 2023, and it is woman-owned and operated. Kristen Crowley spent her youth vacationing in Kerala, and after 22 years in the Navy and traveling the world, she retired here. At Whalehead Brewery, she brews her own beer and has created a tap room where people can connect while enjoying her beers and pub fare. She has a five-barrel brew house and a self-pour tap wall. Back to distilling roots. In 2015, Adam Ball and Kelly Bray, brewers with chops in local breweries, and Scott Smith and Matt Newsom, highly experienced local bartenders, came together to form Outer Banks Distilling, the Outer Bank's first legal distillery. Their distillery in downtown Manio focuses on small batch rum, which is widely distributed and can be purchased at the distillery in Manio and in ABC stores, and can be ordered in local bars and restaurants. Branded as Kill Devil Rum, the name harkens back to the Caribbean rum-running days of the 1600s, when rum was called Rum Bouillon and Kill Devil. As the rum reached the North American colonies, it is said that pirate-plundered rum barrels were hidden in the hills behind what is now Wright Brothers National Memorial, hence the town's name of Kill Devil Hills. You can taste their rums, including their award-winning silver rum, gold rum, pecan honey rum and seasonal varieties in their tasting room and enjoy Kill Devil rum cocktails in the Outer Banks Distilling's on-site wheelhouse lounge. If you've read this far in the article, you know where the name of Buffalo City Distillery came from. Buddy Byram and his wife Sharon opened Buffalo City Distillery in the fall of 2022. They not only distill whiskey and vodka, but also grow their own grains on their farmland near Lake Mountain Mesquite. Byron says... They grow their own grains in the rich black glands of Hyde County, and it adds a unique terroir to their spirits. In addition to classic vodkas and whiskeys, they distill flavored varieties like blood orange vodka, toasted coconut vodka, crisp apple whiskey, and honey roasted almond whiskey. Before officially opening the distillery, Byram distilled bourbon, which is now primed and ready for drinking. Buffalo City's farm-to-bottle spirits can be found in ABC stores and at their tasting room in Point Harbor, just over the bridge from Kitty Hawk winemaking near the coast. The legendary 400-year-old mother vine, believed to be the oldest grapevine in North America, grows on Roanoke Island, the progenitor of this state's abundant scuppernong, a variety of muscadine vines. It inspired centuries of homemade scuppernong wine among the locals, and it still does today. But when seventh-generation Currituck County farmer John Wright returned home after college and decided to establish a vineyard on his family's land, the local muscadine is not where he focused his efforts. Following his th- extensive research, Wright started growing European and California Vinifera varieties, Syrah, Tempernia, Tanat, Vienna, and many more, all of which are well suited to the local sandy soils. His 30 acre vineyard in Jarvisburg, only three miles from the Atlantic Ocean, opened in 2008 and is thriving. He and his winemakers have won numerous awards for their efforts. In 2011, they opened the Sanctuary Vineyards Tasting and Events Facility on site. They regularly host events that give locals and visitors a chance to enjoy the wines, food, music, and the beautiful vineyard setting. The most rewarding aspect to being a local wine grower is accepting the challenges of each farm season and giving our best effort to grow a product that truly showcases the best of the Outer Banks' Wright says. Of the winemaking career, he has built with Sanctuary Vineyards. Sanctuary's wines are distributed widely and served in local restaurants. In addition to their tasting room at the winery, their wines can also be tasted and purchased at the Cotton Gin locations in Nags Head, Duck, and Kerala. Whether you're a social sipper who loves the convivial atmosphere of a local watering hole or a connoisseur who appreciates the fine art of beverage crafting, as you can see, the winemaker, distillers, and brewers of the Outer Banks from Kerala and the Currituck mainland all the way down to Ocracoke have created a veritable drinking scene with tons of support from local bars, tap houses, restaurants, and event planners. Kalna, of 1718 Brewery, says he appreciates that all the Outer Banks brewers, and distillers and the winemaker challenge each other to be better and reach across the table to help support each other. That's the wonderful thing about this area, he says.